0: Good evening. I'm Kyle Welch, and welcome to Lift Up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. We are here every night at this time on KKLA to share the good news of Jesus Christ and to lift up His name to the entire city of Los Angeles. No matter if you are listening tonight from your car or at home or in your place of work, we believe that tonight's sermon from Pastor Dudley will be a blessing to all our listeners. So if you can, get out your Bibles, and let's join Pastor Dudley right now with tonight's message.
1: Many years ago, in this church, there were four siblings, and they were all just babies. And uh, their dad was our worship leader. And those four babies grew up to become teenagers, and they formed a band. It's a modern kind of called an indie pop band called Echo Smith, and uh, they're becoming more and more well known, and their number one hit is a song that was called Cool Kids, and I always ask them, when are you going to do the song called Cool Parents, but they never do it, (laughs) but uh, I ask uh, their dad how many copies of that song have been downloaded, and he told me that there have been 4.7 million downloads of that song called Cool Kids. They've sold over 1 million albums with that song. And the words of that chorus go like this. I wish I could be like the cool kids. Because all the cool kids, they seem to fit in. I wish I could be like the cool kids, like the cool kids. And it doesn't matter if you're in junior high, high school, or college. In order for you to fit in... You're going to have to do what the cool kids do. And what that is, and most of us know what that is, it's called peer pressure. And that's been around a long time. Now, most of you, every single day, you're going to have to make a decision in this world. Are you going to go along and compromise, go along with the world, or are you willing to stand for Jesus Christ? And young people, it might be drinking, it might be drugs, it might be swearing or cheating or being engaged in sexual immorality, every one of those issues, it's a test. Are you going to stand for God or are you going to compromise and go along with the rest of the world? Now in our text, in 1 Peter, and Peter writes this letter, he writes it to people, Christians, ...who kind of feel like they're on the outside. In fact, in the first verse, if you look at 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 1... ...this letter is written to Christians who don't fit in. They're strangers in this world. They're, they're actually being persecuted. And it's written to a, Christians who live in this area that we know today as modern-day Turkey. But there's something in our culture here in America, more so than ever before... That if you are living for Christ, if you stand for Christ, you are never going to be in the in crowd. You will always be considered a stranger, but always remember that Jesus said, if they persecuted me, do not be surprised when they persecute you. And so what he writes this letter to people like you and I on the outside, strangers in this world, and the very first thing that he says in verse three, he goes, he doesn't feel sorry for you. He goes, praise God. That's what he says in verse 3. You feel a little strange? You feel like the, the world is kind of shoving you to the side? Praise God. The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, in His great mercy, He has given us what's called a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And I have to say this before I go on. Most people in this world have little or no hope of any kind. Even those kids that look like they're the cool kids, deep inside, they are empty, they are lonely, and they're full of anxiety. And what Peter says in verse 3 is as a Christian, you don't need to fret. You don't need to worry or fear because through Jesus Christ, we have been given a living hope. Number one, write this down. He says we, those of us that are strangers in this world, We're the ones who have a blessed future, not the cool kids. It's us, those of us that are strangers in this world that do not feel at home in this world. Verse number 3, I want to read it to you again. Verse 3, 4, and 5. Praise be to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He's given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Verse 4. And into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, being kept in heaven for you. Who, verse 5, through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Write this down in your notes. The first thing that he's given us is a living hope. A living hope. When you decide to believe in Jesus Christ and his death and his burial and his resurrection and you understand that Jesus Christ conquered the grave, then you realize that no matter what happens to you here in this life, that if Jesus Christ resurrected from the dead, that one day you too will resurrect from the dead. Therefore, nothing in this world really truly matters to you or should cause you to get down because you have hope in the Lord Jesus Christ and the resurrection of Him from the dead. You have to have hope in order to keep going in this world. The second thing that he says about our future, write this down, is you have been assured an incredible inheritance. Peter says, even though you're a stranger in this world, and you're an outsider and you don't fit in, He says, I want you to know that you have a mansion that is reserved for you in heaven. You might be a poor beggar on this earth with no place to even lay your head. You might not have much here on this earth when you look at everybody else. But he wants you to know in heaven, you have an incredible inheritance. He says in verse 4, it will never perish. It will never spoil. It will never fade. And then he said this, it's being kept in heaven for you. And that word kept is a word that means reserved. Your mansion in heaven is being reserved for you, if you're a believer. And then he says in verse 5, who through faith, how many of you, are, how many of you have faith? Raise your hand if you have faith. Okay, he's talking about you. You who through faith are shielded shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. The word shielded is a military term. It means that your reservation is being guarded by the armies of God. Number two, write this down. You're the ones who are actually the victors. You're not the victims. You're the victors. You start to feel like a victim after a while if you're a Christian in this country. But you're not a victim, you're a a victor, you're victorious. He says in verse 6, and this you, everybody say you, he's talking about you, those of you that are strangers in this world, you should greatly rejoice. Though now, for a little while, you may, you may have to suffer grief, And all kinds of trials here on this earth. These, verse 7, have come so that your faith, which is of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Verse 8. Though you have not seen Him, you love Him. And even though you do not see Him right now, you believe in Him. And you're filled with this thing that's called an inexpressible, I can't even explain it to you, but it's an inexpressible and glorious joy for you are receiving the goal of your faith. And what is the goal of your faith? The salvation of your what? Souls. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to me. Life, life here is difficult. difficult. And if you're going to live for Jesus Christ, you will be mocked, you will be ridiculed, you will be marginalized, you will, be, uh, you will go through some trials and some tribulations. Kids are going to tease you, make fun of you, you're going to have a few bumps and setbacks along the way. But of course your hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ, and so your future is absolutely guaranteed. And so there's no need for you to go around feeling sorry for yourself, and I know Christian kids, they grow up in the church and they go to school and they just feel sorry for themselves because their parents won't let them have as much fun as all the cool kids are having. I want to make this clear. As a Christian, I don't care if you're a student and you go to school or you're an adult and you go to work. If you live for Jesus Christ in this culture, you will be mocked and you will be ridiculed and you will be shoved to the side. I want to give you three biblical promises that you need to hold, hold on to, all right? These are three things you need to hold on to when you feel like you're being persecuted for your faith. Number one, write this down. You will outlive every problem you're, you're facing. That's what he said in verse 6. He said, in this, you greatly rejoice. You should be rejoicing. Because he says, this is just a little while, a little while, a little while. Your problems are not eternal. You're eternal. Your problems are temporary. And right now, some of you are being swallowed alive in your problems. You need to realize that God has already promised you victory over those problems and that you will way outlive any problem that you're facing right now. Secondly, write this down. That problem that you're going through is actually purifying you. That trial, read James chapter 1. That trial is actually a blessing to you. Don't look at your problems as burdens. Look at your problems as blessings. He uses this illustration in verse 7, your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though it's refined by fire. Gold is refined by fire. May be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is what? Revealed. Let me explain a goldsmith he takes the gold it has all kinds of impurities in it and so he has to get this fire really hot and he puts the gold on top of the fire and when it gets really hot the impurities rise to the top and then he brushes off all of the impurities and he just keeps doing this process until the gold is pure and he just keeps knocking off as it comes to the impurities he blows it off scrapes it off and you say well how long does he do that well he does it until he can see his face in the reflection of the of the gold or the silver so he knows then that is purified right you say what's that got to do with me a lot when you're going through your trials and your problems you know what god is doing he's getting rid of all the impurities in your life you say well how long do i have to go through this trial oh god's just going to keep getting rid of all the impurities in your life well, when's he going to stop? Well, when he can see a reflection of Jesus Christ in you, that's when he's going to stop. God's not trying to hurt you through that trial. God is trying to bless you and help you through that trial. And the third promise, write this down, is joy that the world has no way to even figure out how you have such joy in the midst of such difficult in such trial. He says in verse 8, though you've not seen Him, you love Him. We've never seen God, but we love Him. Even though you do not see Him now, you believe Him. And if you believe in God, then you are filled with this thing called an inexpressible and glorious joy for you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And what he's saying there is there's nothing. There should be nothing. Everybody say nothing. Nothing. There should be nothing in this world that can get you to a place or to a point or to a state of mind where you don't have joy. Regardless of the storm, regardless of the trial or the difficulty or the problem, God has an inexpressible, unexplainable joy that will just wash over you. Now, everyone else might be freaking out. And what's going on? But you're, you're right there in the midst of the storm. You're a cool, calm, and collective. How is that possible? Well, because you've put your faith in Jesus Christ. And you know ultimately that this reservation has all, has all been set up. And so I, I, I just know God's going to work through this trial. Amen? I have two, two options. You're going to go to, you're gonna go to uh, Miami, Florida. So you go, you go down to LAX and you go to a ticket counter. And you say to the airline airline a you say do you have a flight to miami and they go we do have a flight to miami would you like to you would you like to be on the flight and and, and you go well is there any turbulence today and the, and the person behind the counter goes oh 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 oh, there is all kinds of turbulence i will tell you this right now if you get on this plane to go to miami there's a lot of turbulence you're gonna to have to leave your seatbelt on you might get a little seasick but we or, or air sick he goes says this i guarantee you that we'll get you safely to miami you want to buy a ticket and you go hold on one second uh, you go over to Air- airline b and you say hey do you have a flight to miami and uh, they said we do have a flight to miami and then you say is there any turbulence and you go oh oh we can guarantee you absolutely no turbulence no turbulence whatsoever however we want you to know that we may have difficulty landing the plane <laughs> you go, what are you talking about well the last two planes actually crashed And the plane that you're on, the wheels, for some reason, they don't come out of the plane. But we guarantee you there's no turbulence. Now, I want to ask you, you have airline A, lots of turbulence, but you're going to land safely. Or airline B, no turbulence, but no guarantee of landing. Which plane do you want to be on? Are you sure? Oh, I'm sure. And I want you to understand, some Christians, they want a life with no problems. There is no such thing. You go through life as a Christian, I guarantee you, you're going to have turbulence. And people are going to be against you, especially when you stand up for the things of God. But you stay on board because that flight is guaranteed to land you safely in heaven. You stay on that flight. We as Christians, now this is the good part. Everybody say good part. Stay with me. The third thing that he says you as a Christian, write this down, you're actually on the inside. You see all those kids that think they're cool and they're in the in crowd? They're the ones actually on the outside. And those of us that are Christians, the world makes you think that you're on the outside. You're actually the cool kid. So I want to read this. This is hard. Some of you, when you first read this, you're going to go, I don't understand that. So I want to explain it to you. Look at verse 10. We're going to read verse 10, 11, and 12. Concerning this salvation. What salvation is he talking about there? What salvation is he talking about? Anybody know? Go up to verse 9. You are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of what? So verse 10, concerning this salvation, what salvation is he talking about? He's talking about your salvation. So he's writing this, just pretend this is an email. He wrote this email to you. This is for you. Those of you that feel strange in this world because you're, you're a Christian. Concerning this salvation, the prophets. Who are the prophets? Those are those guys way back in the Old Testament. Daniel. Isaiah, Jeremiah, Hosea, Habakkuk, all those Old Testament prophets, hundreds of years ago, they spoke of the grace that was coming to you, those of you here. They searched intently with the greatest care, verse 11, trying to find out, see, because they didn't know. They were trying to find out the time and the circumstances to which the Holy Spirit of Christ in them was pointing when he predicted the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. Stay with me. It was revealed to them, the prophets, that they were not serving themselves, but you. Everything written back there in the Old Testament was for you. When they spoke of the things that have now been told you by those Who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit that was sent from heaven. And then it says this. Even angels long to look into these things. What's he talking about? He's saying that you, if you're a Christian here today and you've put your faith in Jesus Christ, that all of those prophets and even the angels in heaven have longed to know what you have already received that faith comes through Jesus Christ and believing in His resurrection. And if you have accepted Christ and you are a believer, you are in the in crowd, you are what the prophets and the angels have longed to know about. It's been given to you. Not to anybody else, but to you. Jesus said it this way in Matthew 13. Look at these words. Jesus said, for I tell you the truth, there are many prophets and righteous men who long to see what you see, but they never saw it. They long to hear what you hear, but they never heard it. And what Peter is saying is that you might, people might call you strange because you're a Christian. You might feel like you're on the outside at school or at work or in this culture. But the truth is, you are on the inside. Because we know about that which even the angels and the prophets never understood. That Jesus and faith in him comes to all who believe. So if you are a disciple of Jesus Christ, listen, this week at work at school, when you go to school, all around you, I call them, all the other kids, I call them petty little tyrants. And if you look at them, the way they dress, the parties that they go to, their social media, trying to get as many followers as they can, you know what they're doing? They're all building their own little kingdoms. And they'll come to you and they'll say, hey, you want to be a cool kid? Come be a part of my kingdom. Dress like this. Talk like this. Hang out with kids like this. They're trying to draw you into their kingdom. And I say to you that those kingdoms do not compare to the kingdom that outweighs and outlasts and outshines all of those silly little kingdoms. Write this down. You belong to the kingdom of God. You belong to the kingdom of God. All those petty little tyrants and their petty little kingdoms, they shrivel when you compare them to the majesty and the royalty of God's eternal kingdom. And do not, oh listen to me, do not compromise your faith just so you can fit in with the cool kids. Because here's what's going to happen. One day... The Lord Jesus Christ is going to come back the second time and He's going to take all of us who've been strangers in this world, all of us who the world makes fun of because we believe in salvation through Jesus Christ and we believe in the Word of God and we believe in the Holy Spirit of God. Those of us that have stood in this culture for Him, one day the Lord Jesus Christ, He's going to take all of us and we're going to go with Him And we're going to live forever. And all those cool kids, they're going to be on the outside. And where will you be? You'll be sitting at the banquet table, eating like a king, looking down at the end of the table. And who's there at the head of the table? Jesus will be sitting there. Oh yeah! you want to be part of the cool kid you need to give your life to Jesus Christ and stand every day for God and never ever compromise your faith in any way shape or form if you were moved by Pastor Dudley's message
0: tonight we want you to know we have phone counselors standing by and ready to pray with you right now Our number is simple to dial. It's 888-818-4777. Again, that number is 888-818-4777. We are ready for any prayer requests or needs you may have. Ephesians 6 reminds us of the many gifts we have been given by God, and prayer is one of the greatest assets we have as Christians to fend off any attack by the enemy. So please don't hesitate to call us if you are alone and need to pray with someone right now. I'm Kyle Welch, inviting you to join us again tomorrow night at this same time here on KKLA as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.